0: Welcome to the Black History Month edition of the Doctors Washington Podcast, where we highlight African Americans who have made significant contributions to the field of medicine. On this episode of The Roots, we highlight two figures, Dr. Charles Richard Drew, known as the father of blood banking and the creator of the first large-scale blood bank in the U.S., and Dr. Myra Adele Logan, known as the first woman to perform open-heart surgery in 1943. I will start by discussing the life and achievements of Dr. Charles Drew. Born on June 3, 1904 in Washington, D.C., Dr. Charles Richard Drew was the oldest child of Richard Drew and Nora Burrell. His father was a corporate layer and his mother was a teacher. As a child, Dr. Drew attended Meads Mill Elementary School and worked as a paperboy, selling copies of the Washington Times Herald after school. In 1918, he enrolled at Dunbar High School, a racially segregated high school in Washington, D.C., with a reputation as one of the strongest academic black public schools in the country at the time. He graduated from Dunbar High in 1922. As a gifted athlete, Dr. Drew was recruited by Amherst College in Massachusetts with a partial football and track and field scholarship in 1922. As a testament to his athletic strengths, he was awarded the Mossman Trophy as an individual who contributed the most to athletics for four years. While in college, Dr. Drew also joined Omega Psi Phi Fraternity Incorporated. Aside from sports, his interest in medicine was sparked by a biology professor he met at Amherst. He graduated from Amherst College in 1926. After college, Dr. Drew became a chemistry and biology professor, the first athletic director, and football coach at Morgan College, now known as Morgan State University in Baltimore, Maryland, from 1926 to 1928. He took these positions to earn money to pay for medical school. He resigned these positions at Morgan College and moved to Montreal, Canada, where he began medical school at McGill University. While there, he became an Alpha Omega Alpha scholar won an award in neuroanatomy, and won the J. Francis Williams Fellowship, which was given annually to the top five students in its graduating class. He graduated second in his class of 127 and received a Doctor of Medicine and Master of Surgery degree in 1933. Dr. Drew did his internship and residency at the Royal Victoria Hospital and the Montreal General Hospital from 1933 to 1935. During this time, Dr. Drew studied with Dr. John Beatty, a bacteriology professor, where they studied ways to treat shock with fluid replacement. His first appointment was as a faculty instructor of pathology at Howard University from 1935 to 1936. Dr. Drew then became an instructor in surgery and an assistant surgeon at Friedman's Hospital, a federally operated medical facility associated with Howard University. In 1938, Dr. Drew was awarded a two-year Rockefeller fellowship in surgery and began postgraduate work at Columbia University's Presbyterian Hospital in New York City. He was to train with Dr. Alan Whipple, a prominent surgeon and creator of the Whipple procedure to remove the pancreas. Dr. Whipple assigned Dr. Drew to work with John Scooter, who was granted funding to set up an experimental blood bank. In this work, Dr. Drew developed a method for processing and preserving blood plasma. Because plasma lasts much longer than whole blood, it was possible to be stored or banked for longer periods of time. Dr. Drew also discovered plasma could be dried and then reconstituted when needed. His doctoral thesis, Banked Blood, a Study in Blood Preservation, was based on his study of blood preservation technique, which began during his time at McGill University. In 1940, Dr. Drew graduated from Columbia with his Doctor of Science and Surgery degree, becoming the first African-American to receive a medical doctorate from that institution. In late 1940, before the U.S. entered World War II, and just after Dr. Drew had earned his doctorate, he was recruited by John Scooter to help set up and administer an early prototype program for blood storage and preservation. He was to collect, test, and transport large quantities of blood plasma for distribution in the United Kingdom. Dr. Drew worked with him to plan the process of safely collecting, processing, and storing large amounts of contamination-free plasma and develop procedures for extracting plasma and ensuring safe arrival in Britain. Dr. Drew moved to New York and became the medical director of the U.S.'s Blood for Britain project, which aided British soldiers and civilians by sending U.S. blood to the United Kingdom. He started what would be later known as blood mobiles, which were trucks containing refrigerators of stored blood and allowed for greater mobility to secure blood donations and transport blood products. Dr. Drew later returned to Howard University briefly, but was asked to continue supervising the Blood for Breeding program. When the program ended in January of 1941, after five months, the Blood for Britain project had collected greater than 14,000 blood donations and shipped over 5,000 liters of plasma saline solution to England via the American Red Cross. In February 1941, Dr. Drew was appointed director of the first American Red Cross blood bank and was in charge of the blood bank for use of the U.S. Army and Navy services. The American Red Cross blood program in place today is a direct result of the work of Dr. Drew due to his achievements in developing blood plasma processing, storage, and transfusion therapy. His work in the large-scale production of human plasma was used by the U.S. Army and the American Red Cross as the basis for blood banks in the National Blood Donor Service. In the 1940s, the American Red Cross prohibited blood donation from African-Americans, a policy that was later modified to accept blood from African-Americans. However, these products were also racially segregated, a fact that Dr. Drew openly protested, stating that this practice was not founded in fact or in science. He ultimately resigned from his position at the American Red Cross in 1942 for this reason. This policy of separating blood products by race did not change in the American Red Cross until 1950. Dr. Drew's status in his profession was recognized in 1941 when he became the first African-American surgeon selected to serve as an examiner on the American Board of Surgery. After creating two of the first blood banks, Dr. Drew returned to Howard University in 1941. He served as a professor there and became the chief of the surgical department in 1941 and ultimately the chief of staff in 1944. He continued to work at this facility until his untimely death in 1950. In 1939, Dr. Drew met Minnie Lenore Robbins, a professor of home economics at Spelman College, and married her later that year. Together, they had four children. Unfortunately, on April 1, 1950, Dr. Drew was driving to Tuskegee, Alabama, with three other colleagues, where he annually traveled to work at a free clinic. Unfortunately, he lost control of his car and had a major car accident where he suffered severe injuries. Emergency services were contacted, and he was taken to Alamance General Hospital in Burlington, North Carolina, where he was pronounced dead shortly after his arrival. His funeral services were held on April 5, 1950 at the 19th Street Baptist Church in Washington, D.C. Dr. Drew was afforded many accolades during his career and after his death. He was awarded the NAACP Spinger Medal in 1944 for his work on the British and American Blood Plasma Collection and distribution projects. Dr. Drew was also awarded Honorary Doctor of Science degrees from Virginia State College in 1945 and Amherst College in 1947. In 1946, he was elected a fellow in the International College of Surgeons. In 1976, the National Park Service designated the Charles Richard Drew House in Arlington County, Virginia, as a National Historic Landmark. In 1981, the United States Postal Service issued a 35-cent postage stamp in its Great American Series to honor Dr. Drew. Throughout the years, numerous schools, medical facilities, and other buildings have been named in his honor. Next, I will talk about Dr. Myra Adele Logan, known as the first woman to perform open-heart surgery and one of the first African-American women elected as a fellow of the American College of Surgeons. Born in 1908 in Tuskegee, Alabama, Dr. Myra Adele Logan was the youngest of eight children from Warren and Adela Hunt Logan. Her mother, Adela was college-educated and involved in the suffrage and healthcare movements. Her father, Warren, was treasurer and trustee of Tuskegee Institute and the first staff member selected by Booker T. Washington. Dr. Logan completed her primary school education at Tuskegee's laboratory, the Children's House, and continued schooling at Tuskegee High School, where she graduated with honors. After this, Dr. Logan attended Atlanta University and graduated as valedictorian of her class in 1927. Next, she moved to New York and attended Columbia University, where she earned her Master of Science degree in psychology. She briefly worked for the YWCA in Connecticut before choosing a career in medicine. Dr. Logan attended the New York Medical College and graduated with her MD degree in 1933. While here, she was the first Dr. Walter Gray Crump Senior Scholarship Award recipient, a four-year $10,000 scholarship granted in 1928 to support minority medical students at this institution. After medical school, she completed her internship and residency at Harlem Hospital in New York. Dr. Logan stayed on staff as an associate surgeon at Harlem Hospital after completing her training, which is where she also spent the majority of her medical career. She also had roles as a visiting surgeon at Sydenham Hospital and maintained a private practice. Dr. Logan was a founding partner and treasurer of the Upper Manhattan Medical Group of the Health Insurance Plan, one of the first multi-specialty group practices in the United States, which was unheard of at the time. In 1943, while she was an associate surgeon, Dr. Logan became the first woman to perform open-heart surgery, with hers being only the ninth documented in the world at the time. She also developed further skills in performing heart surgery in children over the course of her career. In 1951, Dr. Logan was elected as a fellow of the American College of Surgeons, among the first African-American women to be bestowed this honor. Dr. Logan also made significant contributions to other areas of medicine during her career. She worked to develop antibiotics like areomycin and puromycin, with positive results from its use being published in journals like the Archives of Surgery, the Journal of American Medical Surgery, and the American Medical Association's Archives of Internal Medicine. In the 1960s, Dr. Logan also focused her interest on the detection of breast cancer. In this area, she developed x-ray processes that could more accurately detect differences in tissue density, which allowed for tumors to be discovered earlier. After an accomplished career in medicine spanning decades, Dr. Logan retired in 1970. During her career, she collaborated with many organizations to address social issues, including the NAACP, Planned Parenthood, the National Cancer Committee, the New York State Committee on Discrimination, and the New York State Fair Employment Practices Committee, among other organizations. After her retirement in 1970, she served on the New York State Workmen's Compensation Board. Dr. Logan met and married the painter Charles Alston in 1944. The couple did not have any children. Aside from medicine, Dr. Logan enjoyed music, reading, theater, and was a classical pianist. On January 13, 1977, at the age of 68, Dr. Logan died of lung cancer at Mount Sinai Hospital in New York City. In summary, Dr. Charles Drew is recognized as the father of blood banking and the creator of America's first large-scale blood bank. Dr. Myra Logan is acknowledged as the first woman to perform open-heart surgery in 1943, only the ninth procedure recorded at the time. Thank you for listening to our podcast. Please like, share, repost, and follow us on your preferred social media platform. Don't forget to check back for our weekly Wednesday episodes. Until next time.